0: Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call story chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid back way. So sit back, relax, unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time.
1: Hello and welcome to Story Chat with uh, Joanne Richards, all the way from, where are we today?
2: Portland, Oregon.
1: Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming on.
2: Well, thanks for Um, having me.
3: I'm all the way from Sydney, which is an hour away from Jamie. So, hi. Well,
1: I'm technically still in Sydney.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> what you, what you might not know, uh, Joanne, we normally record uh, in the same room at Jamie's place, but combined oh, with the floods and the ridiculous price of fuel at the moment, um, yeah. I decided to record from my house because it's an hour <laughs> from my house to Jamie's. Is an good hour plan. away. So, good plan. Um, yeah, I just can't afford to, you know, chop off an arm and a leg for some petrol just to get up there. <laughs>
2: No, <laughs> uh,
3: I know you guys aren't. You guys are struggling with the fuel as well over there at the moment.
2: Yeah. And it's it's interesting because where I live in Portland, I hardly ever drive my car battery's dead because I wasn't driving enough. Yeah. And I just went to California. Well, earlier this week to uh, see the husband and it's like, oh, they tried to give me a big car. It's like, no, no, your gas yeah. prices are too high. I give me get a small one. I'll wait.
3: <laughs> so, yeah exactly it's, it's ridiculous yeah. at the moment i mean yeah. you know we can we can thank mr putin for that so thank you for that sir um uh, <laughs> but we're not here to talk politics we're here to we're here to have a have a nice chat so i think we'll crack Wonderful. into the icebreakers uh, okay. jamie why don't you take the first one this time you want me to take you want me to take the first one all right yeah because i love the i love number three that's my jam so <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite
1: question. okay
2: good <laughs> all
1: right joe if you could get rid of one thing in the world what would it be
2: war <laughs> i'd have to yes. say war at the moment <laughs> yep, nice. I, mean, I don't like i don't like war at any time but you know especially right now i would get rid of war 100%. there has to be better solutions for things yep.
3: i agree 100 percent. regardless of whether what's going on at the moment or not it still would be really nice to get rid of it altogether
2: right. you know and i and we won't get polit- political but it's like i i like i was telling people and my husband it's like in this day and age, it why? <laughs> so, yeah, I know. You know, it just blows my mind.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, the the old, the famous old phrase: Why can't we all just get along? That's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But no, I'd, I'd I'd be on board with that one. Thank you. But um, okay. I feel so like I'm on a game one. show. Yeah, you are. That's exactly okay. right. Correct. Even though there's no no such thing as an incorrect answer. Okay. Uh, but you know, we will judge definitely. We're, I'm very judgmental, so I will judge okay. upon your answers. So I'll keep that, that in, in mind. mind. <laughs> uh, what's something on your bucket list that you haven't achieved that you want to achieve before you leave this life?
2: I must travel to Scotland, and I should oh, probably say yes. I, I want to go to Australia too, but I really have a hankering to go to Scotland.
3: You and me, we're on the same level because yeah. I'm my family comes from Scotland. Um, oh, cool. My dad's done the pilgrimage, and um if I go to Ireland at the end of this year with my uh, housemate, I'm definitely gonna take a, a week and go to Scotland by myself and do some exploring.
2: Oh, good. Well, I've been to Ireland and I've been to England several times. Yep. Ireland once, England five times, and I just and I was supposed to go to Scotland the year COVID hit.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, well, I'm a There's big I'm a you like paranormal? Uh, you, you're into. I, I do, and there
2: was yeah, there was a UFO paranormal conference there yep. every year, and I was going to go, and it's like, dang. <laughs> oh,
3: I I, I want to go to Loch Ness. Uh, that's my oh, dream. Yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, I love. I'm I'm into, you know, uh, mythical and 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 supernatural stuff, and I'd really really like to go to Loch Ness. So,
2: you gotta see Nessie.
3: Yeah, definitely.
2: Maybe uh, she'll come out of hiding.
3: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Is her quarantine over?
2: Um, well, she, can, she can pop in and out so you know.
3: uh all right now jamie's going to ask this question but we do need to let you know that this, there is a wrong answer to this question
2: oh um, i, thought do, I always reading. tell
3: all of my all of our guests that we do judge harshly on this question so okay. you know feel free to change your answers you don't have do to please a- us, but I mean, it gets, it gets you further up the list. I mean,
2: do I get a clue? <laughs> <laughs> nah,
3: it's okay. Whatever we, whatever your, your answer is, will be fine.
2: All right, good.
1: So, after that wonderful intro from Brian, um <laughs> what is the greatest sitcom ever made?
2: <laughs> and I'm going to date myself, but I have to say, I love Lucy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I I was thinking of several, and there were several great sitcoms when I was growing up. But I, you know, I love Lucy's a f- favorite. So
3: I used to watch. I used to watch that um, with my mum when I was little. It used I was to gonna be say you would have been very years. young. Yeah, we have a channel uh, called ABC, <laughs> which I know you guys have got over there, but ours is a bit different. But right, it used to be on every Saturday afternoon, um, and yeah, I'd sit down with my mum. Used to love that show, and. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a very. We've had other people say that as well. So very good answer. Okay. what What's theory. your What's
2: the correct answer?
3: Oh no, there is no correct answer. <laughs> no correct. I just like to. I I I I'm, I'm very. Uh, I get over my nerves by trying comedy, and to make people laugh. So I like to sort of, you know.
2: Oh, that's great. Comedy is great. <laughs>
3: comedy is great. Okay, the next one. Now, this one, I'm I'm assuming you might have done a bit of research in. The zombie apocalypse breaks out. What's your plan?
2: <laughs> See, it's funny because I don't watch zombie movies at all. And my the rest of my family loves them. Yep. So I was thinking, I really don't have a plan. But I'm of the mind where you should be prepared for emergencies and disasters. So, you know, have your food and supplies and water and guns and ammo. Yep. <laughs> to protect yourself. So, that. you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming you know you just have to kind of barricade yourself in the house
3: yep now and and look it depends on which zombies we get because there's oh, I two, see. two types of zombies there's the really the traditional slow moving you know we want brains you know that kind of crew. <laughs> and then there's the there's the there's a the new ones that have sort of been coming around in the last 10 years which actually run as fast as we can so oh no yeah that's a different story i prefer the slow moving ones because you know at least then so. it gives you a chance to reload
2: did, well did you see the tv show that was all about zombies and it was i would say it was a comedy but it was modern day i loved Is that it the walking for a while. dead no 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 i mean it was no it was funny um i don't watch yeah. the walking dead but this one, one, one was funny and okay. i can't remember the name
3: was it like i zombie time? i yeah, zombie. No, no, i don't think that one that one's been a that was a while ago, Jamie.
2: No, no, and I don't think it's on now. Um, it's been yeah. on the last. The, the yeah, girl just, was like blonde, but it was like if you'd gotten bit by one or something, and and anyway, and then the whole town was turning into zombies. It was weird.
3: Anyway. Okay, I might have to Google that one to be like I forget what
2: it was called, but that this the the female lead was she's got like white or really blonde hair. Okay. So, yeah.
3: I'll have to check that one out. It was, it's a good show. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Well, All right, Jamie, do you want to hear the final question? I will. All
1: right. And my favorite question. <laughs> you just get a phone call from Elon Musk and he says, Joe, I have created this brand new electric time machine and I want you to test drive it. What do you do and where do you go?
2: That That's a tricky one because I've got a couple of time periods I'd like to go visit. and But I'm going to pick 800 BC because I've been told number one, I was a man at that time. And number two, I was this really good protege at a like martial arts, Kung Fu type training place. And I have talked to my uh, master, my master teacher, like through a channeler. And it's like, I was kick ass apparently. (laughs) Excellent. So so it's like, I I know how to energetically diffuse my enemies and it, it was all good, so. Yeah, that's what I'd oh, like I'll to come back, back with and, you, and I'd like to see okay. that. I, yeah, I'd really like to. i am really like being just
3: swing Aurora, by, so. swing by Blacktown in Sydney, pick me up, and we'll go. We'll go. I want to okay. watch nice All right.
2: That sounds good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> excellent. Well, excellent answers to that. Now, the thank you. Obviously, the point, the, why, the reason we're here to have a chat. We've got a few subjects to talk about, but the main one is you've been married seven times. I have. I was gonna open the podcast by asking you to marry me, but um you know I thought that might be a little bit cliche.
2: Well, I'm currently married, so that wouldn't work.
3: <laughs> Well, I'm I'm actually gay, I like men, so that won't work either. So no, that yeah. won't. And you're
2: probably you know young enough to be my son. So
3: I'll <laughs> oh, thank you for that. that. I'm not that young, but thank you very much.
2: <laughs> I mean that wouldn't necessarily be a deterrent, but you know.
3: <laughs> uh, so, so just take us through, take us through you know, just give us a brief, give us an overview of who you are. And then we'll get we'll talk about, you know, the different marriages, and obviously your okay. current husband's situation as well.
2: Yeah, okay. So I uh, grew up in Southern California, I've lived in Southern California, Northern California, Ohio, Connecticut, all over the place. I was a Mormon for 30 years, mm-hmm. and left that church, you know, 25 years ago. Um, but as a Mormon, And as somebody who grew up in the 50s and 60s and watched Donna Reed and leave it to Beaver. So you've got this image of, you know, happy family, white picket fence, wife gets to stay home, husband goes off to work and makes all the money, blah, blah, blah. I loved being Susie Homemaker, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I got married to my first Mormon and um. And not long after we were married, I mean, no, the, the night of our wedding reception, the top layer fell off the cake. Oh, it's wow. Like, Oh, dear. <laughs> this is probably the first red flag. And then he got bad <laughs> allergies on our honeymoon. I go, okay, this is already starting off bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it kind of went downhill from there. And it turns out he never really loved me. We. Uh-huh. He got married. He married me because his family was pressuring him to get married. And I was a home and home economics major. And who better than somebody who could bake him a pecan pie, (laughs) which I learned how to make pecan pie really well. But, you know, that didn't save the marriage. So so we split up after I don't even think we were married a full year. He kicked me out. So I said, okay, bye. And then when he thought we should talk it over again, I said, well, I'm now in Connecticut you want to come and talk to me from Utah? No, no, you have to fly out to Utah. Yeah, no, if you're not going to come fight for me, forget it.
3: Exactly.
2: (laughs) So I don't know how long after that, probably less than a year, but maybe a year later, we'll say, um, I met my daughter's father Mm -hmm. and we courted for a month and got married, thankfully. And thankfully, because, you know, less than nine months later, she was born. (laughs) And, um, so it but he had some emotional trouble problems he'd gotten addicted to valium and he was an alcoholic and um you know we got along great except for the substance abuse and he really didn't want me to be active in the church and you know all these little things and so when he I was seven months pregnant he kicked me out and it's like okay because he was also suicidal okay and you know and it's like his family didn't bother to tell me, I love him dearly, and I've stayed, you know, I stayed close with his family for a long time, but and they didn't bother to tell me that he had all these issues, and it was, well, we we're just hoping if he marries a nice Mormon girl, he'll straighten out. Well, okay, that that, that doesn't solve all your problems. No, it might help he, a little
3: bit, but not, yeah, exactly. You
2: know, he, he wasn't interested in Uh, joining the church or anything but you know he was looking forward to having a a child Mm -hmm. um he saw her twice and then he committed suicide so my daughter grew up not knowing her father so that that was very sad and you know that's that's caused some you know issues so we're we're working we're working through all that Oh, so cool. that so that's good. Yeah. And and luckily she was able to, you know, stay be very close to her grandparents in that side of the family. So that was great. Then when she was a toddler, I met husband number three, another Mormon. So I've been married to like five Mormons. Okay. All of them were bad husbands. And because the thing is, you know, it's like you're you're not supposed to have sex before marriage and you're not supposed to live together before marriage. And they all look great at church or in church settings. And then you marry him, it's like, oh, what happened? You know, they're not so Mr. Nice guy. And this one starts hitting you and it hits your kid. And it's like, well, this isn't good. And, uh, you know, I had, I just had to leave. I couldn't, I couldn't let my daughter and he was hitting her more than he was hitting me. So I was like, I couldn't let that continue. And, you know, I left Ohio between two blizzards and he came home from work. And I said, you're driving us to the airport tomorrow. Oh, Wow. <laughs> like, I'd already packed, because he he was an ambulance person, so he was gone oh, yep. for like a couple days at a time, so I was packed, had stuff shipped out, and he came home, and I said, we're leaving, and um, that's, that's what happened, and, you know, husband number four was another Mormon, and again, he looked great on paper, and he looked great on the dance floor, and we got married and it's like, you know, my mom tried to tell me, you know, that's not, it's not such a good idea. And my daughter just wanted me to be happy. So she didn't like him, but she said, sure, mom, go ahead and marry him. And and he turned out to be a jerk as well. And, um, you know, oh, you don't have a real job because you're just a bookkeeper. And I'm, you know, schlepping ice cream and milk around all the time. It's like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. And, um, you know, Kicked my daughter because she at seven kicked him in a fit of anger at him for something, you know, so he he was a, a bit of a bully. Mm-hmm. Um, so there we go. And then husband number five, we weren't actually married, but we lived together for several years and everybody thought we were married because we were Mormons. So yep. we didn't tell anybody we weren't married. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I know we're going to talk about my book later, but it's like my sister read my book. And she goes, I, I didn't know about that about you and him. I go, You weren't supposed to know. Everybody was supposed to think we were married. <laughs> and, you know, he, he wanted to be a polygamist. That didn't work out. He ruined me financially and all kinds of stuff. I had to file bankruptcy. And you know, finally, we just decided, but it was the easiest divorce I ever had, because we just decided, well, you know, we're going to split up and yeah. just tell the kids, oh, we went and got a divorce, like, great. So, um, but I was poor for quite a while, and I wasn't used to being that poor, mm-hmm. so that that was hard. And then the next guy was also a man, a Mormon, and again, looked, was great on the dance floor, but turned out he was pretty boring, and he was older than I was, but he was pretty boring, and you know, he wasn't interested in really making it a strong marriage, you know, we looked good together at church, and I basically married him, because my daughter was going off to Japan to be a foreign exchange student, and I said, well, I don't want to be alone, I might Mm -hmm. as well get married, you know, what else is there to do, and uh, so we did, and then she came back, and I'm going, yeah, the marriage isn't looking so great, we split up, we tried it again, we split up again, and I said, you know, will you go to therapy with me? I'm already going. No, it's all, it's, it's your problem. It's like, okay, see ya. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> if the one part, one. you know, listeners, if the partner's not willing to work with you on your relationship, you know, it's time to go.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And lost time to, to waste time.
2: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, my daughter, you know, number one, she, she gives me praise for that. I keep trying to get this love thing right Mm -hmm. and and that I was wise enough to not stick around forever and ever and ever if it wasn't going to work yeah you know it's like you know gotta go come on (laughs) Exactly. so you know that's and then I met husband number seven I was when I met husband number seven I was dating somebody else and we were having fun and then I you know heard from my roommate whose husband was in prison oh I met this really nice guy he's a friend of my husband's he was visiting his mom he's really smart and I'm going ding 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 smart would be a new kind of boyfriend for me (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I mean really intellectuals I really really like that and I was you know I was teacher's pet all through (laughs) school you know I'm just (laughs) I'm a nerd I was but um, so we We started writing, we wrote for two months before I was able to visit him, and then we met in person at the prison, Mm -hmm. and we courted for five years, got married at the prison, we've been married almost 20 years, and we've we've been together almost 25 years, Yeah. yeah. So, you know, being married to somebody in prison is not easy, and it's a whole unique lifestyle. So I tell you, I mean, I have a whole chapter in my book on what it's like to be a prison wife, and mm-hmm. you know, just just the logistics and what it's like to visit, and you know, it, well, it, that's it. You know, fun. you get
3: limited time, and you know, you have to sort of yeah. operate on their shed in the prison oh. schedule, and and go yeah. through all the checks,
2: and 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 most yeah. of our communication is done through letters. Yeah, I mean, when when before COVID, and especially when he has the prison he was at, because he's been moved around in California. I would usually go see him once a week. So then you would have several hours to sit and hold hands and talk. So that yeah. that helped. But we also write pretty much every day to each other. And we have done that for almost 25 years. That would be nice. So I have boxes of letters yeah. from, <laughs> from over the years. It's like, <clears throat> oh my gosh, there's some more boxes. And that's from 1998. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly <laughs> so
3: this, this, this must be working because clearly it's your longest marriage. You've been together for 20 years. Then- you know?
2: Yeah. A long time. And you, you,
3: you can hang up the boots and go, yep. Okay. I'm just <laughs> going to stick with number seven. And, um, you know, you didn't make it to double digits, which is good.
2: <laughs> yes. Thankfully. But, you know, it's like, it's, it's interesting because especially during COVID we we've realized, oh, you know, we do have some issues we got to work through because now we're not seeing each other in person. And, yeah, you know, if, if you miscommunicate something and you know something can be taken wrong in a letter, uh-huh. yeah. and then you know it could be cause for real issues. But you know we've learned to it's like either don't write it that way in a letter, or you know wait till you can see each other person. Exactly. So they they've had some limited visiting through Covid, in, and I've seen them a couple times in person, but they've also allowed because there's no current outbreaks. Uh, you know we waited f- so like 17 years um before we were allowed to have a family visit because mm-hmm. they weren't life life in lifer inmates were not allowed to have them well now they can so now every few months we we get together for two days and oh, so it's it's almost it's like being married for normal or real and mm-hmm. uh, you know we're in an apartment by ourselves even though the guards count them several times a day and but you know he cooks, and we sit and talk in person, and nobody can record our conversations. And we watch movies, we play games. It's you know it's you know pretty almost as normal as being having him home. So.
3: So you have that two days where sort of you can experience what your life would always be, but then I suppose at the coming to the end of the second day, it hits you, and you're like, okay, we're going <laughs> I back. I got to go, gotta go lives, again. You know.
2: Well, and it's funny because he has to put, he has to have a certain kind of persona and always be on his guard when he's around the other inmates. And it's not that he can't take care of himself because he can, but you know, he's still watching out for people and he's looked up after he's got a job, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's, I don't know, he's really well respected there, but you still always have to be on your guard. And the, most of the staff are idiots, but (laughs) they are and um so it's just you know it, it takes you him a time a little while to like you know just relax and yeah. just be of himself course. and then he can kind of be silly around me and we can just joke and and then you know oh okay what do we have to talk about you know wh- what a family business things do we need to take care of that we can't say in a letter and yeah. you know what what do we need to cover before you leave again and you know that kind of stuff and then it's like but it's it's weird because it's not it's kind of like being at home but it's not like being at home because you know it's not like i can i can't bring any books in so it's like if we have a downtime and don't want to talk to each other it's like okay well i can't go in the corner and read a book and yeah. you know the tv's going you know sometimes we just have the tv on for noise but so it's it's not quite like you know if he was home we we'd each be doing our our jobs yeah. or we'd be taking a drive or we'd go be going out to dinner or we you know we'd be doing fun things but there's also creative and work things that we would both be doing. So it's not like we would be, you know, cuddling or sitting, talking mm. every day, for 24 hours a day, if you were home. So.
3: Well, I mean, that that's not, that's, I mean, any relationship, like I was married for eight years uh-huh. and like, you can't live in each other's pockets, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's always good for this the beginning. It's the honeymoon phase, you know, you, you, you like spending time together. And then you're just like, I just want to play my PlayStation. <laughs> like, and she'll be, and, and, and my, my ex-wife is also my best friend. she will be like, I just want to, you know, do some reading and you just, just go away, you know? And then you get to that stage where, yeah, I mean, you guys have got to try and condense, you know, um, three months, two, three months worth of right. relationship into two days. Right. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I guess, that would be something really, really difficult for me to wrap it, my hand around. I couldn't yeah, even.
2: It's it's around. difficult, but you know, it, it really is. It's, it's very helpful, especially during COVID because like for the first year of COVID there was absolutely no visiting at all. And they yeah. finally got video visiting going, but that's really hard because you've got two people on either side of you yeah. and you know, his hearing is going. And so it's like hard to hear each other mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> Oh, and well, their and their conversation over there might be distracting to him, so he's just trying to focus on me. And...
3: I, I I feel that I'm I'm hearing impaired myself, so I can feel his pain. Where yeah, you just yeah. try. I hear every conversation at the same level, so I definitely feel that I can understand that, but look, at least look, it, I'm really happy that it's working out. Twenty, it, years it is working. It is
2: working, and we're. I'm glad it that easy. you found. Thank you.
3: Yeah, you found the one eventually. <laughs> You know,
2: it took it took a while. Oh, that's you know, all right. But, it's just like we, I we feel have like, probably you know, you never try met
3: different restaurants till you find your yeah. favorite. That's
2: right. Oh, there you go. There you go. We would have never met before. And, you know, I you know, I was such a prude back then. It's like we you know, I would not have been his type. And, you know, he would have been too much of a bad boy for me. So it's like, you know, <laughs> we, we met at the right time and we met at the time that was best for us and we worked well together and. You know, he's given me lots of cool information about stuff I had no clues about before yeah. we met. So, well, he's that's all it. With if you God. never go
3: to jail, you could pretty much be that. You could run it; you'd be fine. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. We really do you're appreciate it. Welcome. That. Sure. Um, but another reason why we got on is you're an international speaker on UFOs, extraterrestrial with, I am. With military involvement. So, I mean, that's right up my alley. I'm, I'm down cool. with that, So cool. Why don't you tell us a bit about what you do there?
2: And, and that's thanks to my inmate husband, because. Oh, there you
3: got
2: Yeah, he, I, you know, I grew up in the 50s watching Martian movies and then forgot all about it. I never mm-hmm. saw UFO. I never believed in aliens, nothing. And after once we started to get to know each other and he grew up as an Air Force brat, you know, his dad was in the Air Force and doing some pretty weird stuff, apparently. hmm. And he just thought, you know, he was a normal Air Force officer, but he wrote a book when he was, he dictated a story to his mom when he was two and they lived at Wright-Patterson, or they were stationed at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. And it's like, okay, uh, I went to work with dad down the elevator shaft underground and there were little green men. It's like, huh, well, we usually often write about what we see (laughs) or what we believe in. What you know, yeah. Yeah, you were saying weird stuff as a little kid, even Mm -hmm. before you could write, read and write. And um, when he was seven, yeah, turning eight, there was an interstellar treaty conference in England. Mm -hmm. So he got to go with his dad. He got to play with alien children and see all these species of aliens. And, you know, while the adults were having this treaty conference. And so he's been around this stuff his whole life. And then that just became also part of his military career. So number one, you know, he's played with alien kids. He loves it. He thinks nothing of playing with a dinosaur or something that's just come out of the ocean or this cute little bug or, you know, some blobby thing that whose community looks like a cloud. It just lots of cool aliens. They're not all cool. They're not all friendly, but he had an early introduction to this. And then just like his father, he was dealing with aliens since the time he was a teenager as you know, and on a more adult level. And then his career was either researching or, you know, inspecting or investigating downed craft or doing combat with alien species going into space. Whether it was for a conference or whether it was to fight an invasion fleet. So he and his father have had lots of experience with UFOs and various alien species. So thankfully he's provided me with all this information and he's provided he's written numerous reports about just the, the history and the science and who literally was involved with this and lots about the different species and then the adventures. You know, they're they're not all fun, you know, a lot of heavy nasty combat but the adventures that on their own would make great sci-fi movies you know (laughs) okay so i'm sure that the, the 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 famous science fiction movie makers have taken a page from the military playbook because that's where they get a lot of information so thanks to my husband and if he had not been in prison now i'm not saying he should stay there so he could keep writing for me but um thanks to my husband being in prison he and being there so long and being angry that he was there so long. It's like he just decided he would talk about the things that are still on there on the fringe, and he never reveals anything he's not actually supposed to, you know, he doesn't break any security oaths. But he has shared a lot of valuable information about what species are like, what it's like to travel in space and you know, wormhole travel and and what and and I get I'm fascinated with what species are like. So so that's you know kind of where my passions are going. But um, in 2004, I went to, he said, why don't you go to, there's this UFO conference down in San Jose. It's like, okay, just go see what people are talking about. Okay. And I was in at go, you know, the first talk, it's like, oh, this is really interesting. By the next year, he had given me enough material so I could go have a booth. And then I started getting on radio shows. And then by 2007, a conference in England invited me to come over and speak. My first talk on this stuff ever and I've been there, I've been to England five times and, you know, I've spoken at a couple of different conferences there and, you know, I just love it. And he, he's given me enough material that I have, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 talks worth of stuff. And I've spoken in England, I've spoken in a uh, little well, Cornwall is part of England. I've spoken in England and, um, you know, Northern England, Cornwall and near London. I've, I've been several places around the United States. So, you know, I love speaking, and I love speaking about this topic and sharing the information with people. So, yeah. One it's thing not we all don't scary. Have that
3: We don't have, well, not that I'm aware of, we don't have conferences like that out here in Australia, which is kind of frustrating.
2: No, I know. They're... I guess you don't. Yeah, uh, I was I'd trying like to like think, to yeah. For sure. That would be nice. I'll come.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. See, I've already got new... fly,
2: fly me over. I'll get some, <laughs> get some sponsors. <laughs> Play me over.
1: So we probably shouldn't have asked you what, your, what the best sitcom was, but what's the best alien movie? Yeah. <laughs> ah,
2: um, I, I love the Men in Black movies now oh, that I yeah. know. Now, yeah. how, now that I know how real they are. <laughs> you know, it's like we do have places on the planet that are like those UN buildings for the alien city walking mm-hmm. around. And I also love, I saw the movie The Abyss before yep. I knew Mark it's like oh this is cool and then I I met Mark and started reading some and I especially started learning about the oceanic species and there's one that's just like that cool one in the abyss that, like you can see through and it's got the beautiful mm-hmm. lights and it's like oh my gosh so yeah there there are species just like that I'm like oh I wonder where they got that information yeah and, <laughs> and where the the I I can't remember if they were just oceanographers or if they were Navy people. But anyway, you know how they went in the deep sea diving suits and they had to do the liquid oxygen or stuff. I mean, he's had to do all that because he's done some deep sea stuff and he's he's been with, you know, he's worked with some oceanic species and been in their craft. Mm -hmm. And so you have like the humans would have to do that. Like, I guess it's liquid oxygen or something so they can breathe underwater that long. But um, he's had some phenomenal experiences. He can speak several alien languages. He's really, really, really good friends with a species that we call the raptors. Uh, They're a dinosaur looking species and they've been our allies. I mean, they originate here on Earth, but they've been our allies since the early 50s when their ambassador, who's actually a prince, um, he met my father-in-law and then started working with the United States Air Force, oh, wow. so they they've been our allies since then, and they do help us fight our enemies, human and non-human.
3: they are probably things that we don't even know are happening. You know what I mean? Like
2: yeah, and it's yeah, it's I tease him because there's a a mission that he wrote about in 1976, July of 1976, and there was a huge earthquake in China, and this is you know I found it on the internet. But it was before you know, cell phones and cameras and you know, CNN couldn't rush right in with their mm-hmm. cameras. And anyway, so there's a huge earthquake, lots of people disappeared. Well, they were getting scooped up by some aliens to be taken out in space. Mm-hmm. So, and you had two portals opening up over China. So they were gonna go out to space. You had an invasion fleet coming in, into you know, our atmosphere. You also had some negative humans and aliens in the Antarctic. So my husband was dealing with the air battle over China. His dad was dealing with what was going on in the Antarctic, and I'm at a dance festival for the Mormon Church in Southern California. (laughs) Who knew that the planet was being saved from alien invasions while I'm just doing this little dance festival? Well, that's what they say, Men in Black. I think it's
3: one of the the famous the famous lines is that you know there's there's always every day there's a, a you know an alien race trying to invade or a new. and we just don't know about it and it's better that way sometimes because people with anxiety and you know stress disorders will just be gone absolutely nuts
2: right right and that's that's a good point because you know people i speak at the conferences and people go well you know why why doesn't the government just go ahead and tell us and it's like Mm -hmm. well they keep figuring the public can't handle it you here are grassroots people who want disclosure so badly can probably handle it but." You know, how would you really feel if a dinosaur walked into the room today? Because there are allies and they still have sharp teeth and they drool at the sight of humans, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think so, <clears throat> it'd be pretty pretty intense. I'd be looking around for Sam Neill or Jeff Goldblum <laughs> or something, but I would, it would be, what would you do? Exactly. I don't think your mind would be able to comprehend that. No,
2: no. I, I was speaking in England once. And usually when I speak, number one, I have elementals, fairies all around mm-hmm. me. And Mark's dad, who's died before I met Mark, is always there with me. I can always feel him. And behind me, there's all these beings behind me. And and I always use a quote at the end uh, by a raptor senator. And th- that particular time when I was giving it, there was just like this heat over my right shoulder. It's like, okay, well, it must be a raptor. You know, it must be somebody out of, it's like, and I had three psychics come up to me at the end of the talk. And this one, this man and these two women, and the man goes, you know, and he's heard me speak, Virgos, you know, I, I haven't really ever believed you when you've been speaking. I go, I know, you know, you roll your eyes. <laughs> and he goes, but they could see what was behind me. And he goes, there was a, a reptilian like popping in over your shoulder when you were given that quote. I go, yeah, I, I, I knew it had to be that. And now I know it's like, I have a raptor sorceress as one of my spirit guides and she's very much alive, but, she, you know, she can pop in like that. And that must've been her. Who knows? Or it may have been the senator. I don't know. He's still alive, too. But, you know, they have the ability to do that. But, you know, how cool is it to have one of your spirit guides be a a, a friendly raptor?
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think I've father, ever heard. Yeah. Your
2: father-in-law over here. <clears throat> I don't know who's behind me, but, you know, I think I think you're the first power. person I've
3: ever met that used the word friendly and raptor in the same sentence. <laughs> <thing. laughs> well, so you that's know, it's fair.
2: like the more I talk about him and the more, you know, when Mark talks about him, it's just like, I don't, I don't see them. I don't think of them. I call them people. I said, I probably shouldn't offend them by saying that, but it's mm. like, I, I just think of them as friends. And it's like, I can't wait till we can be sitting around having tea together. Cause you know, the old, the old women, the sorceresses you know, they just sit around and knit and drink. So it's mm. like, Oh, I want to just have tea with them. And, you know, cause they're very family oriented and they're very education. You know, they're, they're very smart and they're big on education and they're very family oriented. It's like, I, you know who wouldn't want to meet somebody like that it's like you know they're not all about combat and danger and mm-hmm. you know they 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 believe in the arts and they're just fascinating creatures and well, that's it control. i mean
3: a lot of us enjoy learning about other countries and cultures yeah, yeah. what's what's the difference in learning about other species and right. their cultures and their you know exactly stuff like that that's,
2: that's it's my favorite talk to give when I can just go on and on about the different species, especially the friendly ones, because there's some great cats and there's dogs. You know, there's a dog species. I don't know if they're there right now, but they have a huge base there in Australia and they're merchants. Okay. So their, their whole mission in life is to buy up commodities and luxury items in on Earth and export them to species out in space because they're not allowed to trade with humans yet. So... Can you uh, give us the
1: coordinates for that when we're finished? uh,
2: (laughs) I think it's um, I maybe I don't know if it's a deserty area, but I don't think it's a highly populated area.
1: Ninety percent of Australia.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, (laughs) unfortunately, you
1: might
2: you might think of where most people think there's a base in Australia.
3: Okay. Uh, I mean, some of the people that walk around my my area, you would think are from a different planet. So <laughs>
2: they might be, <laughs>
3: might possibly be. <laughs> yeah. But, but um,
2: uh, the, the, these are dogs. They look like huge hom dogs. Okay. So so and and there's other species I think that are at that base as well. But I don't know who's there during COVID because most the alien species are just as vulnerable as the humans. So a lot of them mm-hmm. had to leave the planet, you know, to to be safe. I so. wouldn't
3: blame them you know no. COVID it, it's something that I was talking with my dad about it's something that we if we haven't seen in our lifetime my dad's 70 and he's had not seen anything like that in his lifetime and that we know of and it's it's, an, it's a crazy time so I don't blame him for you know going off home
2: yeah see I am old enough to be your mom <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I just turned—I
3: just turned forty a couple of weeks ago. So
2: okay. Well, my daughter's older than you are.
3: <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay.
2: <laughs> I think she'll be forty-five this year in July, and, well, look, I, I, and I'll I, be sixty-eight.
3: Well, look, <laughs> and as I said, I—I I am a gay man, but you definitely don't look your age. So I'm not—I'm <laughs> not trying you. to become husband Thank number you. eight. I'm
2: when my daughter and I are together people do think we're sisters so that's yeah, really nice I,
3: I would never have guessed you were I would think oh. that's why when you initially said oh uh, you know I'm old enough to be your mother I thought well I don't know about that but <laughs> there you go. but um now look another reason we brought you on is to talk sure. about your book okay um called middle Mid- midlife magic
2: midlife magic yeah, so yes you want to tell us a bit about the book sure it is, um, it's a short book, like 110 pages. And it's, I call it, it's it's stories of my journey. So there's childhood stuff. There's, you know, each husband gets a chapter. Okay. And there's a yep. chapter on why I got married. It was basically what I said, you know, about the whole Mormon and that, you know, I want to be happily mm-hmm. ever after and all that kind of jazz. And, you know, each husband gets a chapter and I, I include, cause I, I don't portray myself as a victim, you know, it's just, it's what happened. And, but I did learn valuable lessons from each one. And I certainly, you know, have a list of, you know, what I'm willing to put up with now and what Mm -hmm. I won't. Um, And, and I do stand up for myself. So I've learned, Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot of things. And so that's, so that's part of it. It's the stories and what I've learned there. Then it's like, Mark, Mark gets three chapters. So it's like how I met him, how we got together. Yeah, he's a great guy. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's like how we met, um, you know how we courted how we got married at prison there's a whole chapter on what it's like to be married to an inmate and you know how you visit and how that just all works and then how i got into the whole ufo magic fairy stuff Mm -hmm. i'd already had my own paranormal experiences once i met him and started doing some you know that all came back out so i you know remembered oh yeah i i I can see ghosts oh oh yeah that's cool (laughs) But I learned, you know, I started embracing, I uh, suddenly did not need the Mormon church anymore and just left it. So it's like, no, 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 I didn't have a serious traumatic problem with it. I just, oh, I don't need to be religious. I don't need to follow their rules anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm basically a pagan. I've embraced, like like I said, fairies, and I love my paranormal stuff. And, you know, I love the UFO stuff and I, I do magic and it's just all a part of my life. And, and that's what the book talks about. And I, you know, I leave it with, you know, I I know I've got cool, more things to do, because I'm a bookkeeper. I've been doing bookkeeping for 40 some odd years. And it's like, I I know there's something great and not bookkeeping in my future. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to I'm working on it's like okay well I'm, I'm ready for that to fall fall out and figure you know show me what it is and I'm just waiting and you know that's so I'm doing all these podcasts and I'm having a great time and I'm talking about all these things I'm passionate about so so that that's it it's just it's my memoir but it's also like you know I get to talk about relationships because I have learned things that I help that could help other people yeah. you know just as they have to all be for women but um and and if nothing else, it's like I can it it shows people that we're never too old or it's never too late to change your life yeah. if, if it's not going the way it should be or you want it to be, and you can create your best happy life. So that, that's what it's all about.
3: So. And look, I can I can hundred percent attest. I you know as I said, I only I only came out a year ago. I've uh, uh-huh. been with my partner and my she's still my best friend for ten years. and um you know we went through some up but i totally agree i turned 40 and i just like i cannot go another 40 years yeah without being happy you know what i mean Yeah,
2: good um, Good.
3: yeah so you're preaching here so i'm I'm, I'm (laughs) going to definitely check the book out where can we find it
2: so i have a website Mm dragonhillbooks.net so you can order it that way and you can we'll put also, that up
3: on the screen as well. So right, I can, our listeners right. see and it.
2: Amazon books, mm-hmm. books, and Noble, Barnes and Noble, the, the usual places. So it's an ebook and a print book. Yeah. So, you know, if you want a signed copy, you can order it through me. If you don't Excellent. care about that, you know, you can do Amazon or Barnes and Noble or be, the usual, the usual places. Excellent. So, well, no, okay. I'll definitely
3: look forward to that, you know, thank you. you. Thank reading, you. reading a little bit more about your husbands and your experience and your you know, and and meeting your current husband, who obviously right. you know, things are working there because you've been together for twenty years. so, right. I definitely look forward to checking that out. Um, Thank
2: you. Thank you.
3: The more guests we have, the more my library grows. So and <laughs> I, I'm a big reader, I love reading. Me so, too.
2: me too. You know, I, I, read I, I, <laughs> I read all the time all the time.
3: Exactly.
1: So you're working on anything else at the moment?
2: Bookwise? I'm trying to figure out what's next because I wanted to write a book about his dad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I really would like to write a book about my past lives, the more I'm starting to learn about Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my daughter and I keep tossing around writing a book about what we've learned about relationships because she's been she's only been divorced once. But, you know, as I moved up to Portland to be near her during COVID because I couldn't see Mark. Yep. And, um, you know, it's like, it's given us time to like heal the mother daughter wounds, you know, it's like, you know, because obviously, I put her through crap. It's like, here's another stepfather for you. Here's another stepfather for mm. you. And they were all mean to her. And it was terrible. And so we're, we're working. On that. But We've cool. also learned a lot of, you know, here's our bucket list for relationships type stuff. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I, I've got lots of possibilities. And I'm, but you know, it's tax season here. And I'm still doing a lot of bookkeeping. So it's mm. like, The the writing is is off the table at the moment, but you know I just listened to a publishing summit, so I'm I'm still keeping my fingers in, and you know think. And you've got so much,
3: all those things you mentioned you could write about. You didn't even, you haven't even mentioned the UFO and extraterrestrial (laughs) kind of stuff. I mean, there's got to be some books in that too.
2: Yeah, there's a chapter, well, there's a, sorry, I'm yelling. There's a chapter (laughs) in the book about my personal UFO sightings because I have, I have my own sightings. I have my own personal paranormal experiences Mm -hmm. where, you know, I, I can see and feel the ghost and, you know, my experiences with the elemental realm and how I use my intuition and my magic to, you know, get what I want and to protect myself. Exactly. So, so that that's also you know it's like you go from the okay you, if you want relationships read the first half of the book if you want woo woo read the second half of the book but it's all to me it's all connected yeah and and the beauty of the, the beauty of like the aliens and the magic and all it's like and it's like I used to think oh you know the new age people the consciousness people it's like okay that's totally different from the UFO it's like mm-hmm. but I'm gonna say so it's all everybody's connected and the aliens want us to be part of the galactic community, but we all need to raise up and, you mm. know, raise ourselves a little bit. So Open that our minds. Not, yes, and <laughs> so we're more on their level because they're just waiting to embrace us, and so there's a lot of them that would love to be our friends, and so it's just amazing how everything is so connected, and I, you know, I'm learning new stuff all the time, so...
3: And look, any day where you learn new stuff and it broadens your horizon and expands your knowledge base, I say is brilliant. You know, a good I've day. learned a lot from talking to you today. So I'm going to <laughs> I'm keep out. And People great. that are... Hold on. You, know, you I do, know, I do have
2: a Facebook group. You know, it's called yeah. Midlife Magic on Facebook. So, you know, Midlife there's lots Magic of ways- on
3: Facebook. OK, right. And,
2: Facebook. and through my website, people can email me. There's lots of ways to connect with me if people want to just chat. So I'm very very um open
3: (laughs) well that's that's a good way to be excellent yeah excellent well i think i think that's all we've got time for today but okay um joanne thank you very much for joining us Um,
2: thank you for having me
3: that's okay just one more time plug your website plug where you can get your books uh, any social media that you have
2: because we want people
3: to find you and buy your book
2: i have a facebook group just midlife magic my publishing website is dragon hill books net and there's my book and two of my husband's fiction books mm-hmm. I have a non-profit called Earth Head. reports that he's written are on that edhq.org you can pay for them and then just download them mm-hmm. and then there's even a video of one of my talks about the secret space program so there's and my emails are on both of the websites so you can find me many different ways and I'm on linkedin so just Joanne Richards and I'm on Instagram, Joanne Richards author. So lots of ways to find me. And I'd love lots to hear. Lots of from ways people. to find you. Lots of ways.
3: Jump on the, I think the website probably be the best for yeah. listeners. Jump on there. You'd find everything. You find the email address, the book, right. everything you name right. it. So I'll
1: place that yeah. link down in the show notes. But um yeah, yeah. thank you so much for coming on, Bye. Joanne.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was fun.
3: It's been a great chat and we've learned a lot. Thank you so much.
2: You're so welcome. Okay.
3: Thank you. Talk to you
2: later. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to support Stories the True and the Fictional, you can do so by heading on over to buymeacoffee.com S-T-T-A-T-F. That's the acronym for Stories the True and the Fictional there. You can do a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly membership. Whatever you're comfortable with. With your support, we can keep this show up and running and bring you the awesome content we do every week. So if you can, head on over to buymeacoffee.com s-t-t-a-t-f. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Stories,
2: the True and the Fictional.